The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American, Johnny Junta. And we're joined with a special guest. Some may say competition of mine. I say a friend. Host of the Diamonds in the Rough podcast, Cole Wilcox. How are you doing, brother? Doing good, man. How are you? I like the uh, I like the fall American intro. That's good stuff. The fall, It's fall American, man. When the leaves are changing colors, that's when I mashed in college. So that's, uh, that's the nickname that just kind of was given to me when I was at McCook. So... Let's go into it. I mean, let, let's start it off with a question that everyone's wondering, obviously, um, and a question that can kind of help my credibility. What's harder? I mean, playing minor league baseball or podcasting? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, probably depends on how you look at it. Like, are you looking at, like, success rate, workload? What, what are we talking about success? I'm talking what's, what's everything. The I'm talking physicality. I'm talking mental mindset, staying locked in. I'm talking everything, man. I mean – podcasting is harder than being an athlete. That's a narrative that we're going to start. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can get behind it. Like long as, long as this carries on, I, I can, that's something I can get behind. I know, I know you talk about paying attention. Schnell would definitely agree with that. that I mean, the dude, he loses, loses interest quick. So he, well, he would, what would you say, what, why would he, why does he lose? Like what makes him lose interest? That's just how he is. He can't pay attention to anything. Um, it's, it's a wonder. He probably takes about one at bat off a game. So that's respectable. That yeah. see. I took like two or three. So, so on average, he, there's no game he's really going four for four. Like that's Probably a not. rarity. No. That's a rarity because because he's, nah, he's he's taking one at bat off. Yeah, you're getting three out of four. You you're getting three good at bats. He plays in his first game or not, so we'll see. But I, I would bet the under on four for four. So what's time. up for you, man? I mean, what are you doing right now? Are you where are you at? I'm rehabbing TJ. Um, I'm about let's see about nine months in. I throw my first bullpen on Saturday, so. Stuff's starting to look up. It's been a long journey, but it's uh it's coming to a close quickly. So where did you fin like where where did you finish? Like where was the last affiliate you were at? And how and how did you how did you get like have to get Tommy John? Like what happened? Did you feel it? Yeah, so I was in Charleston. Um I started there to the year. I was about 50 innings in. Um and like I just I've always been a guy who recovered real fast. Like I I would always I could throw the next day, like I could do a lot. And, and be fine. Uh, but I just noticed I kept getting – like, I was sore throughout the week. Like, I was literally sore for five days until I pitched again on that sixth day. So, I was noticing that. And then the game that I heard it, I tore my flexor. Like, and nothing popped. Like, it wasn't the normal, like, I throw a pitch, hold my arm, walking off the field. My flexor tore, and I could feel it. And so, I threw a couple more pitches, and it just felt like it was getting worse and worse. Like, there was a knife in my forearm. Uh, so, then I, I had to come out and – yeah, so it was probably, you know, my UCL's probably been torn for a couple of years, the doc said, but it was just kind of being protected by the forearm and the triceps, stuff like that. So so when the forearm went, I had no chance. So are you – is your arm like – like because we had a guy, I think that had Tommy John here, or Nick Anderson in your yeah. organization. We had him on uh, a month ago, I think it was, or around there. And he said it's like after you get Tommy John, you feel so good, you want to throw fucking gas right off the rip. Is that where you were at with that? Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, once you start throwing, yeah, it feels good. Like, you feel 
it's different. Like it's relative feeling good is, is relative to, to what situation you're in. I think because used to, I could roll out of bed and throw six innings and be perfectly fine doing it. Now it takes me like 25, 30 throws to get loose. But yeah, once I get loose, I'm ready to roll. So that's, that's been a, definitely a challenge just trying to not push on the gas so hard and just kind of chill and, and let the program work. Yeah. I mean, TJ is weird, man, because first of all, it's like, you don't, after you get the surgery and like all these guys have said, right. It's like, dude, I feel fucking dynamite right now. Like I just want to throw, I want to play golf. I want to work out all that type of shit and you can't really do anything. Right. So, I mean, you were fucking carving last year. You have a two in your career. ERA is two. Is that good for the fucking listeners? So how pissed off? I mean, how fucking pissed off are you when it's like, dude, I'm fucking absolutely carving lights out. And now I have to deal with a surgery that sets me back a year. Like, was that what, like, how hard was that? Yeah, it sucked. I mean, it, it was it was hard to come to grips with, but I mean, like, there's nothing you can do. You know, you, you can let yourself be pissed for a couple of weeks, but yeah, it, I mean, it sucked. Like, I, it would have been a lot better if, if I was sucking for sure. But yeah, and I felt like I was about to get moved. Like, stuff was starting to go in the right direction, and and it happened. But but it's good to get it over with now, and then not have to worry about it. You know, so you were in the, you were a part of the Blake Snell trade which yeah. is kind of fucking sick looking back on it because you can, you might be able to make the argument that the Rays won that trade. I think they did. Where were you when you were like, Oh fuck, man, I'm not on the Padres anymore. Like I just got <laughs> traded to the Rays. Like, what was that? Yeah, it was nuts. Uh, I was, I was at a family friend's house, just chilling. It was around new year's. Like, I, don't, I don't remember the exact date, but it was December 29th. Credit yeah. to me for doing the research. Nice. Yeah. That's big time. <laughs> uh, so that, that's the type of people, that's the type of stuff people don't see right there behind the scenes research. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, I was just chilling. I remember I was in a recliner kind of kicked back and, and saw that Padres traded for Blake Snell and they called me a week earlier and been like, Hey, you're coming to big league camp, like this, that, and another, cause I pitched pretty well at the alternate site. So I, when I saw we traded for him, I was like, Oh, that's sick. I get to hang out with Blake Snell, pick a, pick a side young's mind. Then I go on Twitter and like Jeff passing and tweeted, tweeted out the details of the trade. I'm like, well, I'm out. Like I, I'm headed to headed to the race. And I didn't hear from anyone for like two or three days because like everything rode on Blake Snell, obviously. Like if he passed the physical, if he yeah. was good. Because if that doesn't happen, it, it, it goes through. Like we didn't get a physical or nothing. Uh, so they were waiting on that to be official before they reached out to me. But but yeah, it was it was a wild couple of days. But yeah, like like you said, it was sick being like a blockbuster trade. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that's kind of crazy is, is like there's just no physical like for the minor leaguers. So you could literally just send a fucking guy whose body's in shambles to another team and ideally they'll have no idea like is that what you're pretty much saying yeah i mean and what was even more nuts about it is like a lot of teams would broadcast the alternate site games on like mlb network and stuff uh during that covid year well the padres had ours locked down like it was area 51 like we wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't even give us the the video half the time so i don't maybe they sent some to the rays i don't know or maybe the last time they saw me was when i pitched in college but but yeah they they definitely uh Took a stab at me. So let's go into college because I kind of have a gripe. I'm a University of Michigan guy. I didn't go there, obviously, yeah. but I love University of Michigan. I go to the game and stuff like that. What the fuck is up with the University of Georgia fan base? I mean, they are <laughs> absolute pound for pound legitimate psychopaths. Like they're barking yeah. at people in, heli in airplanes. Like I love it. I listen. I love the SEC. I love gambling on the SEC. I'm a big degenerate gambler. Yeah. What it what explain the georgia fan base so like because obviously you have a lot of canadian listeners a pretty good amount of american ones so the american ones know but just explain what it's like to attend georgia and how psycho the fans are yeah it, it really is tough to explain until until you go to a game like i try to tell people around here that like enjoy watching football because there's a lot of nfl fans from the north and like i'm just i'm just telling them like you don't understand like it's a different it's a different sensation in the sec just like how passionate the fan bases are and yeah, you talk about barking, like other fan bases will use that against us and say, you know, like, oh, y'all bark at people. We take pride in that. So, so anytime you're telling us that trying to make it a slight on us for barking at people, all you're doing is boosting our morale. I respect that. And listen, I listen, I, I'm obviously a, like, I'm a big Jays guy. So I've probably done some crazy shit about the, I mean, I pissed my pants for the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't know if you were following us at that point. I, if the Jays signed George Springer, I said I would piss my pants. So I had to piss my pants on an Instagram live. So listen, I, I, I you don't have to tell me about psycho fan bases. I mean, I'm one right here. So it's something I got to tip my cap to. I mean, Georgia fans are legit psychopaths. 
Naughty champ. Did you get after it? Like, were you off the Naughty game or what's the deal with you there? Are you fraud fan? You weren't there? No. Like, what's up with what's, that? What's nuts is, yeah, me and my dad were going to go, um, but I had to report here that day. So I drove down. I left early, got down here, watched it here. So that kind of sucked. Um, but, but no, like all the home games I pretty much go to. It was, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been diehard dogs football since I was like five. So I believe JT Daniels is gone now. Is that correct? He's, he's gone. gone. So yeah, where are you at with that? Because he's a doll. I love JT Daniels. He's a freak. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's a really good player. Um, he just, you know, he had one of those weird injuries last year in the obliques. I think he had both obliques where, you know, that, that can linger for forever. Um, and I, I just don't think he ever felt a hundred percent and the dogs were rolling. So they just rolled with what they had and uh, I'm sure he'll tear it up at West Virginia. Yeah, no, he's – I can't believe he's going to West Virginia. Like, that's the most random fucking school. It was. That, like, it's like, what the fuck? Like, out of all the schools you go to West Virginia, it's like – When dude. he was – because I heard some stuff with, like, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, and I was like, that would be sick for him. Yeah, um, no, but, he'd tear it up at Ole Miss. Yeah. I love Lane Kiffin, too, by the way. The guy's a freak. I yeah, fucking awesome. love him. He's but, all, I love I love the Tennessee troll he does, too. So, you go to – so, you, you attended Georgia, and you played baseball and stuff like that. Listen, I'm not quite familiar with SEC baseball. I know LSU is a top dog. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Like LSU is yeah. number one. Cause we had Jake Fraley on the podcast. He was mentioning like our Florida. We, we like, we've had a lot of guys from those programs. So yeah. where does Georgia rank for baseball? Like, are you guys in the brackets right now? Like for college, yeah. like, where are you guys at? Yeah. I mean, both years I was there the first year we were the number four overall seed and hosted. Um, and then the next year got COVID canceled, but we were ranked second in the country. Uh, the last couple of years has been really, really good. Gotten a good pitching coach in there. They're a two seed in the Chapel Hill Regional. Uh, they, they got a good team. It's They've been crushed by injuries this year. But, but yeah, this SEC is usually really loaded. I personally believe it's a little bit down this year, but I guess we'll see when they when they tee it up for the postseason. So, okay, and let's talk about the party. I don't know if you lived in Georgia or you're, like, from there and stuff like yeah. that or your, like, family lives there. What's the party scene like at Georgia? I love SEC parties. I think it's, like, there's the camaraderie, the pageantry of, like, all the females wearing, like, dresses to games like there's no it's it's different like from where we are at and like right. east part of the country what's an sec game day like were you guys allowed to get after it like because i know some coaches do lifts like right before the game so you guys can't get fucked up before the game like how, where, where does that stand <laughs> yeah we actually inter-squatted before the game uh he would never he would never schedule like during the game though because he wanted to go too like he'd admit it he's like listen i, I want to go to the games too i don't want you out all day though but yeah it's nuts uh, that Athens is like I'll say Athens is the best college town in America it's uh it's literally I think it has the most bars like per square mile or something ridiculous wow yeah it's uh it's loaded loaded up yeah I, I listen I, I, like I said I mean for me when I think of party schools I think of the University of Florida I think of ASU obviously LSU Jake Fairley had some crazy ass stories but is the football guys that obviously are the, they're the top dogs there? Like you guys are fuck all to like the women and shit because it's the football guys' priority with yeah, all that. One hundred percent. I mean, they you you're not noticed like walking around campus. Like nobody's gonna be like, hey, there's a baseball player. Uh, the only thing they would notice is is the backpack that athletes get. Like you, they can they can identify us as an athlete. Uh, probably can't identify the sport. I'll never forget one night we were in a we were in a bar. It was the summer I got there, um, and I was with some of the older guys. They were kind of showing me around, and there was this – there's, a, like, a balcony in this bar. It's called Sandbar in Athens. There's a balcony in it, and there was a couple of football players on top, and they were just raining money off the top <laughs> of this bar. And I remember one of the older guys looked at – I was, like, looking at it like, this is nuts. And one of the older guys looked at me, and he was like, yeah, you, we picked the wrong sport. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, like, listen, and we're talking about picking the wrong sport. And I got to go into this. Like, I will always have a gripe with my parents. I mean, obviously, they picked me to play hockey, which is great. I wish I fucking played golf when I was, like, 10. Like, yeah. I wish I was, like, that 10-year-old kid that was just dialed in on the fucking golf course on the range playing golf. So now when I play, like, with my buddies and stuff, I just dog walk them on the fucking golf course. Like, yeah. honestly, we chose the wrong sport because you're never going to really have an opportunity to play baseball with your buddies and like, just show that you're an alpha. Yeah, that's true. Like if, if you play golf with your buddies, you're going to dog walk them. Like there's obviously like a pickup football games and stuff. You play like whatever, like at American Thanksgiving, all that type of shit. So you can kind of show there that you're an elite athlete basketball. You do, you can play basketball, pick up with your buddies. Baseball is the only legit sport where it's like, you can't just 
pick it up and just go to a field and just play with your buddy. It's literally the only sport you can't alpha anyone. So that's yeah. why like we chose the wrong sport with that. But do your buddies know like just your friends that don't play baseball and shit, like how good you actually are? Like, do they know there's like, all right, he has like a two ER, right? Like, are they that familiar with that shit or they don't really give a fuck? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of my best friends from back home played baseball. So I think they're aware of like the numbers and stuff. But, uh, but now you hit the nail on the head with, with the golf thing. I mean, that's the sport to play. Like once you get on tour, that you're like last place gets 30 grand on a weekend. I'm not even saying on tour because like I, I, I you can make the argument like even that, a college golfer. Yeah. Like even college golfer, you can make the argument that golf is like the biggest difference between like an amateur or a guy that's just good yeah. that you play with on Saturday and Sunday to a pro, like a guy that's good that you play with shoots like 74s on like a municipal course or whatever. And then you play with a pro, he's shooting like 65 at this course. Right. Like it's just, it's such a massive difference, but just the ability to be playing golf since you were like 10 and just have yeah. like that natural ability to play it and be able to just fucking dog walk your boys on a golf course has to be the sickest thing of all time. It has to be. Right. Because every, I mean, you can play golf to your 90. So like everybody does it. It's a, it's a nice skill to have. It's for the problem is you got to have, you got to have some money in your pocket growing up to be able to play, be good at golf. Same thing with baseball, though, bro. I mean, you were on travel teams. I was on travel teams. My baseball probably costed like eight grand a year to play. Obviously, in Canada, because we travel to the U.S. a lot. Uh, yeah, but that's true. it's like, I don't know how it like, where were your travel teams? Like, did your travel team was just full of fucking freaks of nature on your team? Or like, how did that roll? I mean, I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and it was all pretty much Chattanooga teams. And my dad coached us like it wasn't like until we were like 17. My dad coached us. So it was it was pretty non pretty low key like we just had normal t-shirt uniforms like it was nothing special but yeah i could see i could see from from canada traveling would be would be pretty tough but i mean i live in georgia i'm from georgia like the new tournaments are at lake point that was 45 minutes from my house yeah so, that's so a i guess i have field. a skewed skewed view on on how much money does go into baseball but but golf like you just have to be on a country club growing up and play every day yeah, that's the only thing. Who's a couple of good guys on like that good golfers in the Rays organization that you played with, or or is there just guys that you've heard the word of that they're nasty? Uh, well, Curtis Mead is is like a scratch golfer borderline. Um, really? Yeah, he's uh, and he's he's probably the best hitter I've played with too. So I don't I don't know if it translates or not, but the dude rakes and he's he's nailed on the course. Dude, I mean, obviously, I don't know if we have mutual friends. I went to go visit Chris Muller when he was in Buffalo. That's yeah. like I, that's been my guy for fucking I don't know five years now, four okay. years now. Is he just that guy? Like he he like there's no joke. He's the alpha in the locker room. Like he's just a massive body, he's massive feet, like big beard, just throws fucking gas. Is there just like a million Chris's in that organization that just throw absolute fucking fuzz? But obviously, he's a one off because of his beard and all that shit. But how many guys – because the Rays organization is just a freak show, like a freak, unbelievable yeah. organization. No, once I got here and saw, yeah, you're right. There's so many dudes, like – and they don't even look like much. Like, you, you're you just thinking, like, there's some middle-of-the-road reliever or something, and they're throwing 100, like 100-mile-hour 100 sinkers. Uh, if you – I mean, there's just – you're right about Mueller. Like, he's, there's just so many guys you see walking around. Like, nobody, like you said, physically looks like Mueller. But even some of the dudes who – don't look like a whole lot. They're just out there throwing gas. I mean, Colby White is six foot, you know, country redneck, and he's out there reliever of the year throwing 97 to 99. Do you think this podcast – I mean, we've had tons of country guys, but especially you being a host, but do you think this podcast is the definition of, like, the two extremes of accents? Because you're obviously got that southern accent. A lot of people say I have a Canadian accent. I don't really see it. I don't really hear it. I don't like comparing it to other people and stuff like that. But yeah. it has to be like this podcast has to be like this is exact episode is two different ends of the spectrum. Maybe the Adam yeah. Frazier episode. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I, I didn't really notice the Canadian accent until you said you're from Canada. And then that I, I noticed it a little bit, but I don't think like like you said, I don't think it's, it's too extreme. But, yeah, maybe I'm Americanized because I went to school in Nebraska and a lot, a lot of my friends yeah. are American. That might be it. Is there a lot of there's no Canadians in that race organization, right? Um. I can't think. Uh, there is one. We just drafted one. His name's uh, Connor Angel. He, Connor uh, Angel. Never heard he's, of him. He's from Canada. But I played with Owen Casey when I was with the Padres. That guy's a fucking freak. Yeah, dude. he rakes. He's got he, he's got some serious juice. He's like four years younger than me, I think. Owen Casey. He's um, yeah, he's in the Cubs organization right yeah, now. I think he just true. got called up. He just got promoted. 
to uh high a or whatever is after south bend that's where he got promoted to yeah but dude you, you've had a short like time in the mire stuff like that what's like the shittiest town you visited like <laughs> like because charleston i heard is like decent like it's not bad but like what's another one charleston you is the best city in the minor leagues yeah uh, i i would beg to uh, durham maybe durham's for sure bro you ever been to charleston no never been to charleston the city of charleston is is a top five city in the united states that is an incredible take by far i'm, I'm going i'm going nashville Vegas. Charleston. You're going uh, Charleston I'm, over Vegas? Well, this is this is in no particular order. This is top five. Though. Oh, okay. Nashville, Charleston. Um, I've never been to Vegas. So I can't speak for that. San Diego is very nice. Uh, trying to think of places I've personally been. But Charles, any either way you look at it, Charleston's in the top five for me. It was so nice. Yeah, I get I mean Athens, Georgia. Uh, okay, that's a little bit biased. I've never been to Georgia, but I, I, I think I've driven through Georgia. So what I used to do is um, my travel ball team would go on like a 24-hour road trip. We drive from Toronto to um, Florida. So I've driven through all these states. Like, I would say the most dog shit state pound for pound has to be West Virginia, right? Like, that's uh, – uh, Have you been to West Virginia? I've never stayed there, but – but Schnell's talks about playing in Princeton, West Virginia, and he says it's, it's it's a different it's a different type of place. And yeah, it's just it's it's a nightmare. But I mean, so you're saying Charles, do you guys get fans like a ton yeah. of fans of the games? I mean, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we had seven thousand plus. So how how like being on the mound for that and shit? Like, is that just a on like just like a natural boost of adrenaline. Like I'm going to throw fucking gas here and put on a show for these people. Like what the, the, what was it like the first time you stepped foot on a mound in front of like a massive crowd? Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it definitely helps. Uh, you don't really think about it, but like, obviously your body's doing things that is never done before. Like your heart's beating and, and, and you kind of, it, it takes, it definitely takes some practice to be able to get up there and, pitch like you want to pitch in that type of environment because your body's just moving way faster than you want it to move and you got to kind of slow down but yes yeah, I, I remember that my first outing at georgia i was i don't remember like I, i'm a guy who can remember pretty much every pitch from an outing i just blacked out and threw it as hard as i could so you're like the sean mcveigh right i mean i, I talked about that last week with <laughs> zach jackson um on the a's like so you remember every sequence like for instance if i asked you like a month or two months after a start or an appearance you had you'd be able to tell me like what you did to in a batter, like how you approached the batter. Uh, I mean, like I'm not Sean McVay level. Like I can't recall the fifth pitch of the, this at bat against this guy. But yeah, if you ask me a month or two later, like what'd you do to this hitter? Like I would probably, I would most likely be able to tell you. Uh, some Sometimes it's weird. Cause like in, in the minors, I could in college easily because we did a lot of film study. I knew the hitters, I knew their faces. Uh, it's different lower level than minor leagues, though, because you don't do a whole lot of, like, film study, especially if you're throwing the first game of a series. Like, I'll watch I'll watch a team and kind of figure out what they do and figure out, you know, kind of the hitters and stuff. But if I'm throwing the first game, there's no real scattering report. I'm kind of just going pitching off my strengths. So it's a little different there. But, but yeah, you give me a scouting report, and I, and I study a lineup a little bit, I'll, I'll probably be able to. So who's a hitter that's worked you so far in your minor league career? Like a big prospect where you just can't get this motherfucker out. Like who's a guy that's dog walking you? That's that has dog walked you. Well, well, back in the day, it was Tristan Costas. He he always that guy's got fucked. That guy's he, fucked. <laughs> and he he would. I think he. I think he domed me up too because one time he told me he struggled with velo a little bit. So I'm like, all right, let's do it then. So I'd like get ahead. I'd be trying to bust him in, bust him in, and then like it would it feel like he was beating him a little bit, and then all of a sudden he'd just turn on it, hitting the gap. I'm like, every time he barreled me up. So <laughs> that's the guy I've always said he just and he like you asked anybody that year we're going through the draft in high school like the top guys like me, Kumar, um, Ryan Weathers, JT Ginn, all these dudes. They were asking us like, who's the best hitter in the class? And they expect us to say like Nolan Gorman, who obviously is one of them, and. And some guys like that, we'd all say Tristan Costas. And they're like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, yes, I promise you. The dude hits everything. Yeah, so, Nolan Gorman's nasty, though. I mean, that, yeah, oh, that whole was, class. So that whole class. So you got drafted out of high school, right? Is that what you're saying? 
Uh, yes, uh, in 2018. So our, our team, our team USA 2018 was as good as was Bryson was. on that team. Bryson Stott. No, he was. He's. I think he's two years older than me. Oh, so you're, okay. So yeah, he's a 97, I think, or 98. Yeah. So, so this was this was the high school 2018 USA. Oh, okay. So you were so you were nasty. You've been nasty for a while then. Like when you're on Team USA, and obviously you can because you're a podcast host, you understand the gripes and all the questions you can ask here. Were you the cockiest dude of all time when you were in high school? Like when you were on Team USA, like rocking the Team USA gear, like it was in your bio. Like where were you at with that? Uh, I'd like to say no. Um, I wasn't. I'm from a really small town, so like I, I grew up with all the people that, all the people I grew up with. Like I'm, I'm gonna grow up with for the rest of my life. I guess just how it is. So I, I would, I would like to say I was not, because uh, I didn't like I'm not a, I'm not a guy with much swag. So like I didn't, I didn't go in rocking anything that like much to school. But uh, yeah, I threw it in the bio. Of course, you have to. <laughs> Has to throw it in the bio. The best way to learn a language, immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. So yeah, when you when you yeah, when you follow that female, you they see the little blue check mark, little team USA shit, and they just they just love to see it. But I mean that team USA team, so you had you were on it, Kumar Rocker was on it. Well, we rolled out our, our – I think our rotation was Ethan Hankins, Libertor, Ryan Weathers, Kumar, me. Um, and then we had JT Ginn in the bullpen, Mason Denneberg in the bullpen. I'm, I'm losing I'm, – Did you guys play Team somewhere. Canada, junior national team? Yeah, we did. So you Kumar. played Casey. Um, I, I, I can't remember if he was on that team, but that was like Bo Naylor and all those guys were on that oh, team. Oh, Bo Naylor. The, I grew up like Monster. in the same – I grew up in like the same town as like that whole family, like the Naylors. I was on Josh's team for like yeah. I think a year or whatever, but I played against them my whole life. But that family's fucked. Like, and by the way, not many people know this, but there's a third brother, Miles, who's better than them both in my opinion. And he's already committed to Texas Tech, I want to say. He's I think I Tech. saw that. Yeah, I think I saw that. He's committed to Texas Tech when he was like 14, 15, and he just hits like 102 eggs of Velo. Like, he's fucked. Like, this whole family, Chris, their dad, has good golden genes. semen, bro. Like, he's a freak. So, I mean, <laughs> we're looking at that, like, looking at that type of family and stuff like that and looking at, like, these massive prospects you got to play with, stuff like that, who would you say in, like, your whole career is the best prospect you've played with? Like the number one guy where you're like, this guy's gonna be a big leaguer forever. Bobby. Bobby Witt? Yeah, for sure. He would have been on that USA team too, but he broke his thumb during the tryouts. But yeah, he like I knew from the jump that dude was a big leaguer. Like it was it was pretty simple. Really? One of the funniest things that I think I chirped Bobby Witt about um <laughs> was when after draft day he bought his dad a truck. And I'm like, dude. Your dad, I promise you, your dad can afford a fucking truck. Like the guy made like seventy million. Yeah, <laughs> guy, I didn't see that. I the guy made like seventy million in his career, and he bought him a truck. I'm like, dude, like, come on. Like, yeah. That's your dad could buy seventy of them. <laughs> like, that's I, funny. Yeah, I didn't see that, but that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's typical though. Yeah, Bobby Witts, uh, he's the he's the white whale for this podcast. Like I, I, Jonathan Heasley said, he might be able to get. I don't know. Like when they come to Toronto and I'm able to like hang out with these guys, like maybe we'll see. But Bobby Witt, um, so you're telling me he like even when he was like 15, 16, or 17, you were just like this guy is 
completely different than other people. Like just yeah, later. it just it just came off as bad. Like there's those hitters there though. Like I've never seen anything like it. Like growing up, growing up in North Georgia, like there were some good hitters, but nothing like this. And so then I go because your junior season, you know, is kind of like the circuit season where you're going around doing things. Yeah. And just watching the BP that like some of these guys were taking, like like him, Gorman, uh, some of those dudes, it was like this is this is a different level. Like these guys aren't playing the same sport I am. Like I've never seen balls come off a bat like this. But yeah, Bobby's was was different. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, and the thing is, like the crazy thing, and I I noticed this with Bryson. Like a lot of people write rookies off after like fifty at bats if they're not raking. And you obviously see with Bobby, you, you see it with Bobby Witt now. I mean, Bobby Witt is absolutely like raking. Like he's a yeah. freak. And well, I, yeah, I tweeted something this morning about that. Like I saw everybody freaking out about the low batting averages for the the top prospects. Like this Julio like a, Rodriguez like a month ago. Yeah, and now Julio is like a top fifteen fantasy player. Like it's it's like rolling into your new job and just being the best at it day one. Like it takes it's a different it's a different type of game you're playing, Bobby. Like these guys are good at baseball. They're gonna figure it out. I and I want right to say this, like, and obviously, like, listen, I mean, you see it, and I might clip this for the, like, Twitter and stuff and the TikTok. Major League fans are the most, like, impatient human beings, like, of all time. Because they're, they're, the jump from AAA to Major Leagues is impossible. Like, you're going up against facing guys that are prospects that are, are some are just raw talent, natural, right. not, don't really know how to locate their stuff. And you have to go up. And you have to play, you have to go in the batter's box against Devin Williams, against Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer. So, like the people on Twitter that are coming at like Bryson Stott and that are coming at like just a guy that doesn't even have a hundred at bats in the major league saying he's a bust, like sending a triple A, the guy's not ready. If you're not playing every single day, it is borderline or close to impossible to fucking to adjust. Like you have to you, you come off the bench. You're playing every second or third day. You don't know when you're going to play. You can't get in a routine. It's the hardest thing ever. Like, and I'm glad that Bobby Witt and like Julio Rodriguez and all these guys got their chance where they can hit every single day. They're in the lineup no matter what. If they're not hitting well, if they're hitting well, they're getting their chances to get adjusted to it. And you see it now with Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt. These guys are absolutely raking. And I think I think Bobby Witt's going to win the Rookie of the Year this year. It's not really a hot take, but I think he is. Yeah, and that's. I, I kind of missed the end of that, cut out a little bit, but that's what's like. I see people writing off Jared Kelnick right now. The dude, like, you have to understand this, especially the guys coming out of high school, they've never struggled in their life in baseball. Like, period of struggle. They've had bad games. Everybody's had bad games, but you go through a period of struggle, you have to learn how, how to deal with that. Like, it's tough. And these guys are doing it at the highest level of baseball. There's no let up. Like, like when you're in a slump, you're not seeing an, an 85 mile an hour stock righty on one day where you can kind of get back and get in the barrel you're seeing like you said DeGrom and then Scherzer and then you're going you're like oh we got the start out of the game oh well here comes you know whoever a role Chapman like there's no let up so you're, you're trying to deal with this adversity while you're facing the best players in the world it's 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 dumb to write guys off so early they're going to figure it out they're too good at baseball not to. I think you can judge if a guy is good after maybe like 400 at bats like i think that like in the majors where it's like all right like this is now we're getting into like too much time here like if it's if it's 400 plus at bats and the guys didn't blow 150 like 160 okay maybe he's not a big leader like and even 400 at bats is kind of crazy to say who do you think has it easier though like pitchers or hitters i think it completely depends on the organization um i think like i feel like the cardinals have done a really really good job with libertor and gorman they've been big league ready for two years now but they they kind of let them just keep just keep gaining confidence in the minor leagues and now that's why you're seeing them be so successful as soon as they get there um like it's it's awesome like you want to rush the big leagues like i that's that's a player's dream but it's up to the organization to make sure they're ready so so i think that's what like organizations like the rays and cardinals do so well you see guys come to the big leagues and stay quickly because they've been ready but they've also been grooming them for the last you know, two or three years to, to sustainable be there. But in terms of like being um, an everyday guy or just being a guy that's like reliable in the show, would you say pitching is a little bit easier because you uh, can get, I wouldn't say you could get away with shit, but hitting your stats get emphasized substantially more if you're not hitting well, cause you're, you're playing every day right, with pitching. Every day. If, if you're a reliever, you're every five or every couple of days, or if you're a starter, you're every five days. So 
you're not, your stats aren't as emphasized. So I would say to like become like a household name in the big leagues, I would say it might be a little bit easier for a pitcher. Yeah, maybe to be a household name though. I don't know. Because... No, not a household name. Like just a guy that can stay in the major leagues. Like a guy that's not like going. Yeah. Yeah. Down no, yeah. Center. You're probably right. Probably right there. Um, because like you said, it's, they're definitely getting attention every single night. So I, I could see that argument for sure. It's uh, cause like, cause you're talking about household names. You're seeing guys like Bobby and Julio pop up. Not a lot of people are talking about what Mackenzie Gore is doing in San Diego right now. Yeah, exactly. Carving. And he's going Absolutely every five days. Carving. Yeah. yeah. He's going every five days. So it's not as headline news, right. man. It's yeah, not as headline right. news. It, it like, to compare what Mackenzie Gore is doing would be like a rookie hitting like 350 right now. Like yeah. that's, that's like, on the same scale because Mackenzie Gore is fucking insane. Like, yeah, he's dominating. He's unhittable. I think he was big league ready when he got drafted. Like, this guy was a freak. Like, at the start, like in the minors, he was always a freak. His, the way that he pitches will play in any level in the show, anything like that. So, well, I'll, I'll let you in on this. He, he struggled a lot in that COVID year. Um, and I, and I guarantee you, if you ask him what was the most beneficial part of his, career so far it would be that year like that like I said every baseball player is going to go through a period of struggle uh, for a lot of the high school guys that come out it's it's not until later on in their career but he went through it he's become a much better pitcher throughout and, and I bet I mean the mental toughness he has now compared to what he had two years ago is is night and day and that's why you see him just going out there and shoving that's why when I look at guys and I'm like all right this guy I prefer if I, if I'm like an organization, I would prefer that my prospect, like a top prospect of mine goes like over 30. So he understands and knows how to deal with fucking, that might be a crazy take, but over 30, over for whatever, like one for 40, like, or one for 30. I prefer that. So he knows how to deal with that shit in, in comparison to a guy that is just raking his whole minority career gets to the majors and starts out like how Bobby Witt did, how Julio Rodriguez did. And have no idea how to adjust to that shit, you know? Like it, yeah. You have to go through failure. And a lot of these guys, like you mentioned, never have went through failure. They're hitting like 480 in their high school career. They go to college, they're all Americans, they're hitting like 430 in high in college. They get to the sh- they get to the show, and it's like, dude, how why aren't I hitting right now? Yeah. Yeah, no, 100 percent That's that's kind of part of the of grooming guys because because it's going to happen. Like it, at some point, it's going to happen. You're going to go through a period of struggle. And when you've already been through it, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier once, once it happens again in the show. Yeah. Have you, have you, you haven't had really, I mean, obviously, I mean, like you said, you pitched in like the, there's not really many stats for when you pitched like in the bubble or whatever, but have you had like any legit struggles or like two starts in a row or two appearances in a row when you gave up like six plus five plus Yeah, my freshman year of college in the fall was in a nightmare. Like it was, it was the worst like consistent outings I've had. It was just like rolled every inning. I just, I couldn't figure it out. I was getting behind. I, I was just getting barreled. The plate felt like it was two inches. So that was, but I look back at that and, and think that like now I believe that if I do have a bad start, I can adjust way quicker and make the next one better. Cause it was just snowballing then. I kind of learned how to deal with that snowball to where I feel like I'm, I'm much more groomed for success now coming off a bad start than I used to be. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, it just, it's crazy. I mean, like these hitters nowadays, like you can't miss a spot ever or you're going to get absolutely fucking like murdered. And it, it goes to elude. Like it's crazy to see guys like Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer that have been able to do this for so fucking long where they're whatever, 15 years into their career and they're still posting sub three, sub two, five ERAs. It's, it's insane. So Who's the best pitcher you'd say, like, in the Rays organization right now? Uh, Boz. Yeah, I'm not a Boz guy. Big league this podcast. So, I mean, that's fine. Did he Boz. really? He did big league. I mean, Forrest Whitley was vouching for me. Yo, come on this podcast. And Boz just didn't answer. It was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I have all your boys on the pod. <laughs> I don't know what this guy's deal is. So, I don't know if he's public enemy number one. Well, that might be a stretch. But he's he's in borderline dead to me territory. No, Boz, Boz is like the opposite of a guy that, that would big league. So, I don't know if he just didn't see. I'd, I'd message him again because he he's so laid back, like the most chill dude ever. It, he would be good. Sure. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I've caught like I've had Kenny Rosenberg, Chris Muller, Forrest Whitley tell this guy to hop on the podcast. Maybe he's just fucking holding out on us here, maybe <laughs> playing more hard to get. I don't know. I mean, we've had fucking massive names on this show. Yeah. And Shane Boz is the guy that's just fucking big league. It's bananas. <laughs> it's crazy. 
that's funny that it's him too because he, he would never so but dude his stuff is i watched him at, in a rehab start the other day he faced seven guys and punched seven guys out in two innings. <laughs> he punched the first six and they made him face another guy and so he punched him too so what are like the guys in the organization saying like are when they see that they're like oh my god like are, who yeah, is he facing well, like well, what it was he, like, i think who it was he the, playing yeah he was playing the the extended spring training orioles oh okay they must their their self esteem must have just been like uh I mean I think they knew what they were getting into. I mean the dude he just plays catch at ninety eight. Let's go into your pod for a second here. So you've had a ton of guests, obviously. You've had Shoemake, you've had all these guys. Who would you say is like the best guest you've had? Like one that gelled or one that it's like it, it was like a free flowing conversation that gave you the most? Yeah. Uh yeah, that's a that's a good question. I mean, best player is Adam Wainwright, of course. I mean the dudes. Yeah. But I'm gonna say guy that just came on and jailed it's weird though because like most of the guys i know personally that have come on so like i'm able i'm able to like bounce stuff off of them and they know they understand my personality and stuff so like when we had emerson and hancock he was one of our first guys on like it was it was a good conversation because we we knew each other so well uh, i'm trying to think of somebody who came on we didn't know that well that turned out to be an awesome interview. i would say mark appel um, mark appel the, the I, I, former first rounder right he was the first overall pick. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was the man. And, and he's he's been through a ton of struggle and it, and it kind of got off course on, on more like a life topic than baseball, which was cool. I mean, he was just kind of emptying his heart and and he's such a good dude. And, and his numbers, because he took like a break from baseball for a full year, comes back and now he's, he's shoving again and he's he got like a two ARA. He's kind of kind of on big league watch right now. So pulling for him. Is he with the Astros? He's with the Phillies. Phillies. Yeah, they could use fucking pitching. Holy shit. I love betting against that team. I, I make a million betting against the fucking <laughs> Phillies. They're trash. You love to see it. It's crazy, man. I mean, so obviously you playing in the show, I mean, you playing in the minors and stuff like that. And obviously it's like, it's crazy to see, but what do you guys do like on your off days? I know a lot of guys golf, a lot of guys play yeah. cod. I play cod with a lot of guys and stuff, mm-hmm. but what do you got? Like, obviously you're in Charleston or wherever you, you were at. Like, what do you guys do to like fuck around or just like relax on an off day? Yeah, no, I, I kind of take pride in being able to, to kind of do a little bit of everything. So it kind of depends on the, the, the environment around me, I guess. Like last year when I got down here to rehab, we played a lot of COD, had a good group running some search. Um, when we were in Charleston last year. I played a lot of golf with some of those guys. Me and Schnelli would play. Um, I like to play cards. I mean, Every red-blooded American likes to gamble a little bit. So, they play some cards. Um, just really – I mean, just, just doing guy things. You know how it is. It's uh, That's what I miss, dude. I miss just being in the fucking locker room right. and just shooting yeah, the shit with too. the boys, dude. Trust like, obviously, me, yeah, too. you can't even do that right now. I mean, is Nick Anderson rehabbing with you? Oh, no, he's he's, uh, he's probably in Tampa. They'll, they'll come down for rehab outings, though. So, if they actually face hitters, they'll come down. Oh, really? So, they won't yeah. do any lives or stuff like that? That's crazy. Yeah, they'll do they'll do lives down here. So I get to see a lot of those guys when they come down. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's I mean, Nick Anderson's a freak, man. He's like one of those guys that was just an underrated prospect that just fucking was nasty and turned into an all right. MLB guy, man. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know how that guy's underrated though in a hundred. Like how do you he, not see yeah, that? No, but no one talked about him. Like, right. That's what I'm like, saying. How yeah. I don't know how did he fly under the radar? I feel like Velo's <laughs> the first thing that pops out and he's throwing a hundred. It is wild, man. It is wild. So yeah, so second last thing I want to talk about, obviously. So doing your podcast and shit like that like what made you start it like what what made you just start this shit because a lot of big league guys like are a lot of baseball guys it's hard yeah obviously my podcast is more off field yours is more like on field stuff where you'll talk right. about at bats shit like that so we have like different kind of different topics or stuff that i like like we prefer to talk about on our podcast so mm-hmm. what made you want to start that let's nuts i mean we were so bored when we were rehabbing last year like we needed something to do or we we're gonna go nuts um but like i've always been interested in like getting involved in some type of media like i love sports i love talking about it like even when i'm off camera i'm talking about sports so obviously we played we play baseball it's something we know really well and we have so many connections on the field that it just like we figured we'd crank it up and see what happened and, and we've really enjoyed it like it's it's been a lot of fun and i've learned a lot of things just from talking to guys like you know how it is when you start talking ball you're going to pick up something that that you've never heard before so and i feel like i feel like like you said, it's all these other sports have players that have podcasts, but in baseball, there's not that many. Um, so, so I figured if we could kind of get something that kind of brings the locker room to the fans, that'd be a different experience. 
Yeah. And also I try to do like, I just like, obviously I rarely really ask like going to baseball shit. Like I just love hearing about the off field stuff, right. like just showing that they're humans and stuff. So it's definitely like two different avenues. Like you obviously go into like breaking down like at bats or I saw the shoemaker clip. You guys like broke down all that stuff. And um, yeah, he was, he's that advanced approach at the plate for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, he's nasty. I think, yeah, yeah he's a freak. I don't know where, I think he's a triple A. Yeah. He's, yeah, a he is. Right he's right tearing now. it up. He's, in like yeah, he's a triple A. It just sucks. You got Dansby up there, right? You got like, Right. Yeah. And, kind of lot with Ozzy at second. In that Braves organization, if you're a good pitcher or a good hitter, it's like, dude, you're kind of stuck, to be honest. Yeah. Like, Drew Waters has been stuck for a long time. Yeah. And he's, and he's nasty. I nasty. love Drew Waters. He's so good. He's such a good hitter. I, but yeah, it's just at the end of the day, what people don't realize, like you'll look at some guys, you're like, dude, why is this guy in the minors? All this, all that. It's all in a matter of what organization you're in. Like if you're in the A's organization or the Orioles or anything like that, you'll be in the show like realistically really quick. Like if you, if you do put up good numbers, if you're in the Rays or if you're in the fucking Braves or even the Blue Jays, they, they, they keep you down there. Like they get yeah. their money's worth with you in the minors. So it, it just, it's all like circumstance, right? Yeah. And like I said, in the here and now, I've always said there's a lot of luck that needs to be involved for you to make the big leagues. Like you can do everything you need to do and something you can get injured or you can be stuck. Like there's a lot of things that can happen. And but, like, one of the things I do respect about the teams that, that play the long game, it sucks in the here and now. Like, you're, you're hitting 315 and double A, and you're like, I need to be in the show. But the, the longer you spend in the minors, it seems like you're more sustainable once you get to the big leagues, and that's the ultimate goal is getting there and staying there. So, like, yeah, in the here and now, it's nice to get moved up real fast and be in the show and say I'm a big leaguer. But there's definitely something to be said for the teams that, that have been successful and, and – when I'm developing talent are, are usually the slower ones like the Rays, man I mean holy fuck dude it's like every single guy that comes up it's like they're, they're obviously he struggled yesterday but that Drew Rasmussen guy is a freak man Nasty. he's yeah. so good yeah there's so many guys like you never heard of and, and they just bounce up and down on the show and it's it's like the like I think three of our four minor league teams won the, the league last year like it's, yeah. it's loaded yeah, and I think Ken, yeah, Kenny got picked up in the Rule Five draft. Anyway, so how did you hear about this podcast? Cause you obviously followed us, like, because obviously you guys started a little bit later than when we when we did. Was it like a like a mutual friend? Like, how did you hear about the this podcast? I'm thinking I just saw it on Twitter, like a clip on Twitter or something. And, and yeah, that might have been it. I don't know. Like, I I always yeah. just like I'm fascinated with that because obviously like I'm growing on TikTok and stuff like that. So. Um, it just like I, I just like I'm fascinated to hear how people find out about this. But yeah. anyways, man, I mean, obviously. Um, are you expected to be pitching in the minors this year? Like, obviously, like you're going off the mound and stuff like that. Like, I should be full. I should be full go by August. Um, I don't. I don't anticipate going to an affiliate. I would assume I'd just throw in the FCL and kind of monitor my innings until the year's over. But who knows? I mean, you never know what can happen. If I'm throwing well, they might send me off. But uh, just my ultimate goal is to come back like fully healthy for next year's spring training, ready to roll. Wow, yeah, that's a slow game, man. But you got to respect it. It's just the fucking. Yep. You got to keep your fucking head occupied with stuff like doing yep. the podcast and yep. shit like that. It's crazy, but Hells. like, why? So, is there a real possibility you play in the fall league? Like, because I know they do that a lot with like Tommy John guys. Uh, I, I don't know. A lot of times the Rays will will like to just kind of end on a good note, though. 10, 15 innings, feeling good, everything's back. Go home, get healthy, and then come back. So, so I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm open to it. I'd love to. But I w- and that's kind of completely up to them. And, and a lot of times they kind of play it safe, which is probably the, the best route to do. Do you hear a lot of story? This is the last. Do you hear a lot of stories about like Wander Franco through the minors? Like just like the shit that he used to do, like just hit like 400. Because yeah, I always yeah. bring this up with the Jays guys about the Vladdy and Boba stories and stuff. And I'm fascinated by it. Have you heard like some funny stories or just shit that pe- like just fucking just folk tale of just stuff that they've these guys have done in the minors yeah wander is definitely like, it's funny you say that because he's definitely the one that people will talk about all the time it's like i remember once they said he didn't swing and miss for like 180 swings or something <laughs> um and he wasn't hitting any home runs and i remember somebody said something to him about it and he's like no nah, I'll, I'll hit one next game and he did like he walked up there and hit one out and then it was just everybody was like who is this dude like he, he can literally hit a home run on command. But, but, yeah, they always talk about how he just literally didn't swing and miss for, like, I think it was, like, a month and a half or something. Something stupid. That is so wild, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I still can't believe that because he's still so young, and he was so young playing affiliate ball. So, 
it's just crazy, man. Wander Franco is just one of the most interesting athletes, like just driving the Lambos. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He he lets people drive them too. That's another funny story. Like, really? He, yeah, he said he lets his buddies just drive them around. They say that somebody will roll. I'll see somebody roll up to the complex during spring training. I'm like, who is that? Getting out of a really nice car, and somebody be like, oh, that's Wander. So he's just letting them drive it today, I guess. <laughs> that is what a way to end the park. That is fucking bananas. <laughs> that is yeah. wild. Ain't nobody touching mine if that's the case. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Are you? So you obviously signed for a pretty good amount. What did you get? Like, what did you get that was fucked? Up? So what? What did you get that was fucked up? Like, did you get any cars or anything like that? What the fuck? Sorry. Now. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. It cut out there for a minute. You kind yeah, of okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll end on that. What did you get? Like, cause you obviously signed for a pretty good amount of money. What did you get? Like, did you get a car or a truck? Like, what did you get with your signing bonus? Yeah, I did get a truck. Um, I've been driving a forerunner since I was 16. I, I did not want to sell the forerunner. My dad sold it while I was in San Diego. And he said, Hey, I just sold your forerunner. Just kind of like out of the blue. I was like, you serious? He's like, yeah, I sold it. So then I got a truck, which I'm glad I did. I love the truck, but yeah, that's all I've gotten so far. Fucking rights, man. Well, anyways, I mean, obviously, a little collab that was long overdue. Obviously, we're fans of yours. You're like, you guys are fans. Like, we follow each other, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, uh, it was a pleasure to have you on, man. And and just let the people know where they can find you. What's your Twitter? What's your Instagram? What, what all your stuff is? Because I know you're available on every podcasting platform, which is obvious. Like everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you getting me on. Is I, I definitely respect what you're doing. It's it's cool. I like I like the fact that it's it's not just baseball all the time. It's just kind of having a conversation, which which I admire. Um, but yeah, we're on, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Look up diamonds in the rough podcast. Uh, we, uh, try to get some content out, kind of, kind of show that everybody that baseball players aren't robots. Like we actually do have fun. Um, so I think, I think we just hired a TikTok manager cause I, I don't do TikTok. I don't know how to do it. I'm Twitter. I'm Twitter full go. So we're on TikTok as well. Trying to get that popping. Um, but, but like I said, man, thanks for having me on. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.